This is what makes men, men. We're men, right? Indeed we are, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. This is where Zachary Small is working to keep masculinity in men, in marriages, and in all fathers. The information shared here is meant to be applied. We're changing the world one man at a time. Now, let's get into the episode with Zach Small on the Family Alpha Podcast. another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Zachary Small, joined once again by the one and only Jackie Small. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's been a while. It's been a day. (laughs) (laughs) So we had the episode 200. Later this week, Jackie and I will be diving into the creation of the creator where we talk about, you know, kind of how all this began, how it worked in the family. But today, you know, it was a good weekend. We were hanging out and I figured why not get her back on. So I received three questions from a man who was looking to coach his kids. So shout out to Matt. Appreciate the questions. And they were good enough to where I didn't want to just respond in the DM. I wanted to dive a little bit deeper. It was about youth sports. He has three things. One, how did you get into coaching youth sports? Two, how do you make yourself an exceptional youth sports coach? And three, how do you deal with coaching your kid on the team? And I thought that was interesting. And so the reason I brought Jackie on is because I wanted her on the parent's side opinion. Uh, you know, someone who's not the coach, but someone who sees it, because while I can say, well, this is what makes a great coach, I'm, I'm the one delivering, you know, the content. I'm the one sending the message out to the team. I'm the one leading the way. I'm not the one watching me. I'm while a parent of a kid on the team, I wouldn't put myself in the category of parent. And so I think a parent has a different view as to what's going on on the field as what's going on, you know, with everything. And so we'll dive into that real quick. But I mean, just talking about it. It honestly is a conversation that I think should be more normalized because I think more fathers should be involved. I mean, more parents in general. I think mothers too. But mostly it's the dads jumping on, you know, uh, football, baseball, basketball, things like that. But I would say a lot of moms are doing uh, basketball, cheer, gymnastics, things like that. So there's there's boys sports, girls sports, and then co-ed. And then you kind of see both. So this is a, a mother and father thing. And Jackie is a mother. I'm a father. We both coached our kids in sports. And so... We're going to dive into that. So let's go on question number one. How did you get involved? That was very, very easy. Mm. Uh, This goes way back to before we even started the official Little League. We were stationed in North Carolina. I say we because everywhere I went, Jackie was following me around. And we were in North Carolina. (laughs) And they had, Jackie actually had a sport. I didn't even know what that was called. When you were with Start Smart and all of them. You were the one who brought me on. Oh, Oh, it was like a youth sports um, like development type center. Yeah, but out of nowhere, there was you, there was Ashley, there was the the North Carolina squad, well, and you guys I, were coaching cheer. And all I of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I have an opportunity. I coaching cheerleading again. So I started coaching cheerleading, and we found out that they had the Start Smart program for a football and baseball. And Coda just loved it. So we brought you on with some of the people too, and then we kind of just jumped in together. So I was doing cheer, and then for his age group, we were doing that. And Ava wasn't even born yet when I started cheer. Yeah, we go back. And then the next like, year we've been doing this for a little while. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't always our kids either. And honestly, it's it gets a little insane when we go back over all this. People don't know this. Like I've never shared this. It's not content that I've written about. It's kind of we just lived it. But I have shared this fact about me, and I would say us to a degree. But obviously, I'm writing about my life. I decided early on I was going to be a badass dad. 
Like I wanted to be all in on being a dad. And a part of that was like any sport my kid plays, I'm backing him up. Our son, literal first photo, he had a ba- a little baseball bat and a baseball in his hand. I've never played a sanctioned game of baseball in my life. I have played like pickup baseball. I've played backyard baseball. I've played MLB The Show on <laughs> PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. Never have I been on a baseball okay. team. And our kid was born. He's like, um, a, just straight baseball well, from the Well, for his baby photos at the hospital, when we weren't even in the room, they were trying to give him something to calm him down and it ended up being like a baseball rattle or something. That's what I'm saying. Literally yeah. his first photo ever on the world was baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's where it began. And basically he picked it up, he ran with it. And when that, so Jackie had that opportunity, I jumped on it. And so Matt, you know, to answer the first question, that is how I approached all of this. I decided that if I had, not even if, I made the time. I made the time. I worked my jobs around coaching my kids. And I was active duty military at the time. And so I was like, no, we've got to go. We've got this going on. We've got that going on. And so I just, I made it the priority. And my advice to, to, to piggyback on that is that if you really want to be involved and maybe there are already some seasoned coaches, just keep showing up. I mean, Zach has some guys who... They just show up with a glove and start helping in the outfield. And then before they know it, they're going to be stuck on books, <laughs> maybe an assistant coach next year. But just keep making yourself known because, of course, everybody wants to work with the coach that's dedicated. No one wants the coach that's canceling practice over, you know, a drizzle of rain or, you know, they have something going on or they're late because of their job. You want somebody that's dedicated and the reason that they're doing it is because they're available. That actually leads well to the second question. So Matt, question two. How do you make yourself an exceptional coach or how do you make yourself a really good one at like what you're doing here? And I think that's the, Jackie will offer a better insight to this because she's the parent watching this. Obviously she's my wife, but she talks to the other parents. Uh, she yeah. sees what they want and what they hate. Back. Yeah. I always ask her for the sideline report. <laughs> so here's my answer. When you go into this, you treat this like the apex of whatever it is. If you're going into this and you're coaching baseball, you know, you treat it like the Red Sox. If you're going into basketball, it's the Celtics. Football, it's the Patriots. Like, you find your top team and how they're going about it. What do they do? They're professional. They're on time. They, they have standards for the team. But they always have a culture. They have fun. And with these boys, and like I said, I've been coaching my son since four. Uh, I would say, like, quote, unquote, officially, you know, on a team with bats and everything. That was, like, six. And so, and I'm coaching him now. I'm coaching him in both middle school and town ball now. And so, I've kind of risen the ranks. And every single year, there's been one constant. I give everything I have to this. But it's easy for me to say that. So, Jackie, when you see how I run the team, you talk to the other parents, you don't have to shower me with <laughs> praise. I know I know, it's all sitting there, but I've already heard it. Objectively, kind of looking at it not with me, but just okay, well, I've, yeah. how I run it. <laughs> I've seen it? coaches that weren't you when Coda was on teams that you did not coach. So I have a good, like, comparison. Um To make an exceptional coach, you really need to have dedication. You need to manage your time well. And then you also need to lead. So I think something that Zach does that really stands out is if he has the boys run laps, he runs laps. They had a mud night where they all got down and dirty in the mud because it started raining and the field was a pit. And Zach was filthy too. And I showed up seeing them all covered. (laughs) And I just sent the moms a text message saying, bring towels or blankets. And they showed up and all the moms had big smiles on their faces. And I was getting text messages for like three days just saying how the boys couldn't stop like beaming and talking about that. And it was just that just because it's baseball doesn't mean that it needs to be baseball 24-7. Sometimes it needs to be life skills, life lessons, or just a pat on the back. And I think that's why 
you make such a great coach and coaches that have coached with you because it's not just about like winning the game or practicing enough to win. You're practicing to be a team. And I think that's where they have grown so much. And even our middle school team since you joined, and it has, it's not that it's anything against the other coaches. It's just that you bring a bit of a different perspective. And I think sometimes that perspective changes, you know, like the whole dynamic. When you look at it's leadership, mm-hmm. you know, and for a lot of men, be the coach you wish you had. You know, yeah. gr- growing up, you probably had played a sport. You know, most people played sports growing up. If you didn't, this might not relate. But I mean, even if you didn't, you know, we always say be the dad you wish you had. You know, mm-hmm. it's basically saying be better than what you had. You know what you needed and what wasn't there and be that thing. And so for this, be that thing. Be the coach who cares. Be the coach who spends the extra time. I mean, we, we will finish practice. I will get to there, spend two and a half hours coaching with these kids, and then five of them will be like, can I stay behind to get extra hitting, extra pitching? And I will. And so it's not like I don't have other things to do. I run into this house. Again, we said in the last episode, you know, Jackie will hand me a plate. I grab the plate out of her hand. I run into my office, and I'm running a Fraternity of Excellence video call. It's not that there's nothing else going on in my life, but that is a priority. That in that moment is the greatest thing because I'm making an impact on children who aren't mine. And as a dad, we have our interaction with our kids. We try to be our best self. This is one of the very few opportunities I have to make an impact on the youth of today who's going to be the leaders of tomorrow who are going to grow up around my children. I want those kids to be beasts. I want those kids to be amazing because they're the peers of my child. And while I'm putting the reps into my kid, I want him to be rolling with kings and queens. I want him rolling with motivated people who have good values and who are focused and who have grit and discipline. And all of those things can be taught. Like All of the skills learned on the diamond apply to the game of life. It's so much more than just a sport. It's so much more than just hitting or catching or running or tackling, whatever your sport is. You know, it's so much more if you make it more, if you put those reps in. Sorry. And I think that's the biggest feedback that you've gotten, especially this year since moving to this town, because they've lacked in some leadership skills on the baseball field. And you have noticed, too, there's several new coaches this year. And it just seems that a lot of the people that are coaching also and yourself is just there's a lot more fun. There's a lot more, you know, I'm like kind of just giving the kids a moment to shine. And it's not just, you know, just practice because we have to and just go to games because we have to. Of course you want to win, but you're going to win by having a strong team. Well, and Matt, with that, when you coach and you put those reps in, like Jackie was saying, I run the laps, I do the push-ups. I I will never ask an athlete to do anything I wouldn't do myself. And so they see that. They want to play for you. The parents are on board. You know, and that's another aspect to being an exceptional coach is getting winning the parents over. You do have to win them because they go into it with a, an expectation and it's always so high. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they want you to give their kid everything and get it right and just make sure you like, I mean, you, I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> Anybody that's coached anything, like you see the parents are like, this is my expectation for you. And it's not that they volunteered to do it. No, they expect you to do it because you're the coach. So be it. And when it's on your shoulders, you got to run with it. And to me, another part of being an exceptional coach is communication. Communication is huge. And just giving back. Because you're obviously giving so many hours of your own time volunteering, but you're making those hours worth it. You're not just showing up and sitting on the sideline. And I've seen it here that when we ask the parents for something, they do not let us down, such as donations to the concession stand or making sure the kids have the right pants colors. Those things our parents have been so on top of because they also get so much back from you so in a give and take 
both sides give because they know, you know, they're getting that equal treatment. And I think that's huge because if you, if you weren't really doing anything when you showed up and their kids really didn't care, they wouldn't care either. Yeah. Well, why, why would a parent have to work harder than the coach or the coach of the team? <laughs> like their job is it literally happens. get the kid, it does get the kid to practice, get the kid to games. Mm-hmm. But if that kid doesn't want to play and if the parents are like, well, every time I go, the coach is late anyways, you lose that. Mm-hmm. You lose that standard. You lose the, the team where the parents have your back. And, and when they don't you care lose about it, showing up either. Yeah, then, then nobody cares. And then guess what? The team falls apart as trash. Mm-hmm. But if you want a great team, dude, I sp- I'm saying dude like I'm talking to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, you know, I send emails. Well, I used to send actually very long emails. Like they'd be like six paragraphs. I would address each kid. Now I'm in a text group and I'm constantly letting them know like here's where I am. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's where I'm going with the team. Here's my expectations uh, here's for why. you. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and this is why I'm doing this. And there's no questions. They know what our schedule looks like. They know our uniforms. They know what we're doing with the concession stand, where to be, what to be, why to be there, what I'm doing, how they can get extra help if they need it, um, who the points of contact are if they need anything. And so, Matt, when I'm talking to these people, dude, I am going all in on ensuring that they are 100% armed with everything they could possibly need to be successful themselves. And I think that your why, you always say, this is why I'm doing X, Y, Z. I think that matters because then it leaves less questions and they know your reason. You know, you're not just saying I need them 15 minutes earlier to run laps well, just because yeah. they're not in trouble. They, parents might think, oh, they got in trouble last game. Maybe you're thinking, I know that they need, you know, more endurance. Another aspect to that too is setting your expectations early. I tell them, I tell them when uh, your kid wants to play this spot, he's not going to. But if he does want to, here's what he has to do to show me that mm-hmm. he can earn it. You know, we've actually got a kid who wanted to be catcher and he was too slow. And I was like, dude, I'm about speed. I've got two very fast catchers. I need speed back there because at this level, there's a lot of overthrows. You've got to be able to get quick, get the ball, whatever, or they're just going to run all over you. And this kid has been working his tail off. And I have been telling his parents, I am so proud of him because he is grinding to the point where he will be catching in multiple games as we head into this season. I am incredibly proud, but again, I told the parents, your kid's not going to get what he wants. And the parents were like, okay, I understand why. Because I'm firm with these kids, but I'm also very fair. And I let them know, if you want this, earn it. You aren't going to just be given anything in this. Even at rec ball, I don't care what people say, like, oh, this is for learning. No. these Some kids are busting their butt to get to the spots they want to get to. Another kid's not going to take it because he wants it and his mom cried for him. That's not, that's not how that works. It's never worked for me like that. And again, I'm talking all the way back to six years old. I was like, if you want your kid here, we got to do this. Here's what we're going to do. If your kid cannot throw from that spot to that spot, he cannot be in that spot. There's no discussion. I've maybe, I don't know. I I wanted to say I've yet to have a parent complain, but now I'm looking to Jackie because I don't remember. Mm. So let me know. So I don't say the wrong thing. Ever anything big. But I was just thinking along the lines of that, and it might go back to the first question too. But you're also coaching the parents. So you had an, <clears throat> an instance just this weekend of a parent telling you they're going to start bringing their child running, going to a gym, and working out with them because they heard that's what you do with Coda and the same child that wanted to earn the catching spot. And they crush it. Mm-hmm. And like it and really, it's really is. cool. I love when I show up and the parents are there before me playing catch with their kids mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like, this is what it's about. It's not about me. Like, It's about me in the sense that I'm the one pointing the direction. But it's literally about the players, and it's literally about their families. And so as everybody grows, you know, the whole community wins. 
And I, I just realized I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> I know. We have, so, a, we have a third question. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to go further, Matt, like I said, just hit me up with more questions. We'll maybe do another episode. But to get to the third one that you did ask, how do I coach my son? So there is a burden in my style of coaching to being my kid. It's not easy. My son is the last one to get praised. He's the first one to get critiqued. And it's not that I'm being a domineering asshole to him. I'm so, I can't even talk about it. I'll get choked up on, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. But there cannot be any perception that as my kid, that is why he has the success he has. He has put in the work. He has spent thousands of hours training, watching uh, the Red Sox and studying. He watches it like film. He has done all of this work, busted his butt, waking up at five o'clock in the morning to lift weights with me, which we were doing until he started doing double sessions with middle school and then town ball. So this kid has busted his butt. It would break my heart if he went onto that field where I ever heard a parent say, oh, he only has this spot or he's only doing well or he's only whatever because his dad's the coach. I cannot allow that to happen because he has worked too hard to have that stripped from him. And so I make it a point that he never gets favored, which means he might do something amazing and I might not, I might not acknowledge it then. And then when you hear this, you might think, well, like, Hey, you're going to get a complex. No, I, I will point it out, but there are other kids who might do something a little less spectacular that I go a little more into, but every single car ride to and from that field, I am talking to him about everything, buddy. You did so great doing this. Or I can't believe you are able to do that. Or how cool is it when you did, did this thing over here? You know, we have the conversations. We have the debriefs. And it's funny because I think, Jack, you showed me a meme. You know, it's you think you can be hard on me. You know, you've never been to the car ride. From, you ride for, home with your dad yeah, after you've never a had baseball a, a ride game. home, you know, with your dad at the baseball game. Like there are some parents who chew their kids apart. And I try my hardest not to do that. But at the same time, those parents, either one, have never played or two could not keep up with the kid or they, yeah. or they don't practice with them. Yeah. You don't the practice most, for your sport. You don't lift or work out. And you see the dude I'm like, bro, you've not stood up mm -hmm. in a while. <laughs> like the you've been sitting down a long time. The ones that don't do anything with them. But as we go through it and we have those talks, you know, it also prevents, like, I don't live through our son. Like I don't live through my, either of my kids. You know, some parents are living vicariously. Like their kid has to do well because that makes them look good. I don't care. And I tell my son, like, I don't even care about baseball at all. I care about whatever he wants to do. I, I've told him forever. This is actually pretty funny. I've told him forever if that he wanted to build rockets, <laughs> I would put him into rocket camp. I would become a rocket scientist. I would study that shit until him and I were crushing it and winning states and championships here and there. Come to find out, <laughs> my son joined the Science Olympiad team, ended up on the rocket team. They won and they are going to states. And so my son won't be at opening day to for us to kick off this season because he'll be representing his school at states for launching rockets for the you, whole state of North Carolina for the state yeah, like this isn't like crazy. a big deal for him for all of us I'm not going to be there because sure I'm going to be with his team, team. I only <laughs> coach this team for him and I'm going to be there without my son it's the weirdest thing but it's kind of how it played we out have a, we have one more on there too it's insane <laughs> like it's wild when you think about it but it's one of those things where you can go back you know a few podcast episodes and you'll hear me say if my kid wanted to build rockets I'd support him like I literally would but come to find out he did which was not a part of the plan. But that's but it's the awesome thing. when they won. We yeah. <laughs> Whether they win the game, they lose the game, Matt, you have to understand that you're there just to coach. And your child is there. You cannot favor them. But don't make them feel bad either. 
I don't go out of my way to put my kid down at all. I don't mock him in front of people. He's a great ball player and I support him and I, and I acknowledge him, but I do so in a manner that people can clearly see, you know, coach Zach is not favoring him. I would also add to that, that you're there to coach a team and your son is, or daughter is part of that team. So while you're on the field, you're coaching your team. You're going to coach them with, you know, an equal attention span or, you know, you're going to give them advice where it's due, but on the way home and at home, you're their dad or you're their mom. So you still need to be able to wear both hats and take them off when it's appropriate. You know, I was just thinking he's probably also trying to factor in that maybe his kid speaks to him a certain way. And so Matt, if you and your, your child have, if it's a contentious relationship, you've got to let them know like, Hey, when we're with the team, this, this is how things have to operate. You know, I'm the coach at that point. I'm not just dad, you know, and when you come off of there, you know, you guys work on that. Obviously, I've got a bunch of episodes on bringing peace to the home, so check those out too and go to Oak and Rock Fatherhood. Great discussions between Anthony Miglarino and myself where we talk about bringing peace to the home and getting rid of that contention. But maybe your kid's a, a clinger. You know, you've got like a stage 10 clinger and they won't leave your hip. That's fine. Just have them hang on to your hip. It's not going to be the end of the world if your kid is nervous the first few practices. It's not that big of a deal. You know, and we love to amplify like, oh, what if my kid's weak? I don't want my kid to look like a baby. Let it go, man. You're on the field with your child and that is the aim there. You're you're making memories. I cher- I didn't think I'd be coaching uh, my son this year. Mm. I had resigned myself that I will never coach him again. You get like Jackie was there for that. I was like, Stop, that, I'll cry. that sucks. You know, like, <laughs> well, now we're here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, thought, <laughs> and I thought it was over. I thought the ride was done. And I was like, man, I really cherish the moments we had. And then things played out the way they did. And I ended up becoming the head coach for the 12U team in the town. And then my son made the middle school team. And then somehow the coach heard about me. He needed an assistant. And so I'm coaching there too. And it's funny because most, you know, going back to what I said, people will say, oh, your kid made the team because you're the coach. I made the team <laughs> because my kid made the team. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with me once again. But if your kid is, is clinging on to you or you guys are going through your issues or you're just trying to figure out how to get them to break away from you, understand that it's not as big of a deal as you think it is and just keep working on it, putting the reps in time after time, just reiterating the goal, why they should break forward, building that confidence in the new sport, whatever it is, you're there with them. Do not take a single inning, uh, quarter, period for granted. I think that covers all the sports. These memories are going to be huge for them. Yeah, I mean, I always, I when I leave the field every time, there's kind of like a little moment I have with myself, like, damn, we did it again. <laughs> and I mean, we've done this hunt like thousands of times. It's I don't really live in my house. I live but in the baseball field. Change. Yeah, at some point he's gonna go to where a level that's beyond my capability. And dude, I'll be either the equipment guy, <laughs> and I'll find my way in the field. <laughs> Working out the or, college. Yeah, or I'll just you know watch from the stands and cheer him on because this is <laughs> his thing. It's not mine. I was there to help him, support, and volunteer as I believe you're looking to do, which is why you're asking the questions. And dude, you can't go wrong trying to do the right thing. And if you do it right, they want you there. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, he's a better athlete when you're there. You'll find your kids like taking pride in their dad. And mm-hmm. that is something that is, I mean, as any dad, I mean, as a, who doesn't want to be like, hey, I'm proud of you. Like you want, you want your kids to be proud of you. You wanted your parents to be proud of you. Like that's always been a thing. And so for you to be out there and you're doing well, like my son and I have a great time. We have a great relationship together and it's cool. Even when we're, we're frustrated and we're, we're like, oh, I can't figure out how to get this pitch to work or this hit, you know, it's been a slump or whatever it is. We just keep working together and having fun together. It's never me versus him or him versus me. 
It's us. It's us versus the world. And we take that to the team and the team becomes a part of us. And that's our extended family. We roll forward and it's just a great time. So Matt, I appreciate the questions. Jackie, as a parent looking mm-hmm. at this, not the wife of the coach, though you're probably not going to be able to not speak to that because I've been doing uh, it too long. No, because I've been in the shoes of watching him play without you. All right. On travel ball. So then what, let's, let's go over some do's and don'ts. Okay. So I'm going to preface this by if I didn't know you and I saw you on the field with them, I would not know Coda was your son because you treat them all equally and you, but you also play to all their personalities. So that's the first thing. Do's would be, well, it's hard not to say all the things you, you do with them, but I'm just amazing. You can say it. (laughs) Be hot. Go out there and yell. Oh my God. Crush it. Communicate. Communication with the parents. Do be fair. Do be honest, just like you were talking about with uh, their positions, and be upfront right from the beginning on how you coach, and you know offer your yourself up for parents to talk to you. I think the do's for the most part have a lot to do with the parent side of it. I think that eases the peace for a whole season. Don't is don't scream at the children no oh matter how old they are oh on a field. <laughs> that makes me so mad. Whether it's my team, an opposing team, we've had coaches in the past that screamed at the children, at the kids, at the boys, whatever you want to say, and Coda lost, almost lost baseball for like ever because he could not deal with it because we don't yell in our house. Like we, we don't. So when he's doing that, he thinks he did something completely terrible. You know, you can be firm and you can be loud, but you don't need to scream. And I think that is the biggest problem because parents are looking at they're like, is he going to beat my kid? What what is this guy's you know deal? Is he drunk? Like, what is wrong with him? Because they're acting like fools in a bar, like ready to fight. It gets and emotional. It's insane, and I get that. I get that because like we're like that too. But we like we get really into the game. We don't yell. Like we don't scream. Well, you got to be very careful because when people hear you say okay. that on podcasts, and you say we're like that too. You're okay. you're saying you're like screaming we at kids are and emotional. emotional. At them emotionally invested in the game we really like it it is hard it can get really crazy at times and you're really in the moment you're watching your friends kids you know you're watching your kids you're watching your kids friends all of that but screaming is different than being loud you can be loud and assertive you can be loud to get your voice across the field but telling kids they suck benching them because they throw a bad pitch them getting upset because you are screaming at them is just like a whole nother level i mean there were a few times during a certain season that I wanted to pull Coda indefinitely because it, it was hard to watch. Um, another don't as a parent or as a coach. So as coaches only. Right? It's for the coach. Okay. I guess you could tell the parents too, but yeah, but that's, that's, that's more for okay. <laughs> another him, to, him to tell them. Yeah. Um, just don't be closed minded. Be open minded. If a child is saying, you know, I've been really working on pitching with my dad. I really, really want to show you what I got. Don't say, I already have four pitchers. I'm good. Let that child show you. And you might say, hey, that's perfect for next year. Keep going. But you just have to end it on a positive note. You don't have to be positive, Mr. Positive all the time because bad things are going to happen. Kids are going to do the wrong thing. But you always need to still have positive reinforcement because they're still kids no matter what. 16-year-old boys probably still cry after games when they lose. Like, things happen. I thought you had more. I don't know. You look like you had more. <laughs> the gears are turning. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's I a good list. I just ramble it off yet. No, it's I good. I mean, you know, the I biggest agree. thing is communication back and forth with both parents and coaches. 
Matt, I agree with Jackie. Communicate. Don't have temper tantrums. It's never a good yes, look. That's the right word. <laughs> and just continue to put yourself in a position to where you're doing best by this whole team. You cannot lose, man. I'm very happy to hear that you're considering doing this. Like I said, the DMs are open. You're free to hit me up, but I turned this to a podcast for everybody. And so if you've tuned into this and you appreciate it, or you have any questions that you want to continue on further with talking about youth sports, I would love to have that conversation. I love coaching. I have a great time. I'm good at it. You know, and again, it's about more than just the sport. Like when I speak to these kids, like it's to these kids. I see them. I'm with them. Every single one of them, an individual relationship. That's what it's all about. You can't go wrong if you stay focused in your task, which is to commit you know, yourself to that team, be there for them when they need you, be a good leader, build them up, you know, take the hits for them. You know, it's just, there's so much <laughs> good to it that you can't go wrong, brother. So, and it'll to, be an awesome time for you. Yeah, you will not regret it. So, brother, you're going to have some headaches. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to be like, how the hell am I a 30-plus-year-old man sitting here worried about who's playing shortstop and who's pitching the next game and how are we going to balance the catch? Like, you're going to be thinking some weird stuff. There were some weird nights I've had, especially with a man <laughs> that I coached with for many years. Him and I would literally game plan at parties. Like, there'd be a whole party going on, and there'd be him and I at a table trying to figure out our roster because it was cool, man. We took it seriously, and the boys did too, and they, were, they thought it was awesome that we did that. Like, to them, it was normal for their dads to go to the field immediately after work, stay there, not eat dinner, come home, and then train in the basement right after. Like yeah, that's, like if you were home, something was wrong during baseball season. Yeah, if I missed a practice, like, what, is he okay? You guys get is divorced? Is he in an accident? Is Where he is dead? Zach? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead? So, actually, that's not funny. I almost died last year in a car accident. Yeah, you had a car accident once coming to baseball, like, four years ago, too. Oh, my God. On the bridge. Yeah, we got to stop at this. <laughs> All right, if you've liked the episode, subscribe, share, spread the good word. Most importantly, if you are looking to volunteer, uh, even if, the like Jackie said, even if they have their coaches, be the dad who goes onto the field. I promise you that kid's going to smile more. I promise you that when you are a good coach, the other parents, so wives will look at you and be like, hey, husband, you need to get your ass out there and do what he's doing, like investing time in your kid. Or as the other dad, you see that and you see another man speaking more politely and with more respect to your child. Hopefully that causes you to reflect and be like, you know what? It's time for me to be a better man. And so good coaches create better men because as they raise these kids up and good women as well, this is a, not a man thing. It's just, that's where I'm coming from. But anybody that's coaching and spending time with the youth, do it right. Your personal issues have nothing to do with that team. Don't bring them to that field. Your personal, you know, what you didn't get to do when you were playing whatever sport you played, or you didn't get to go to the big show. You got benched. You didn't score the touchdown. Nobody cares. Your run is over. It's about the kids. You've got to let it go. It's time to grow up and be an adult. And so with that, you will never regret it. You will create memories that will last a lifetime. And even if you only do it for one year, at least you know, hey, bud, I was there. I tried. We had a great time. And then you got a better coach. Cool. I'll always be there. I'll be the assistant. I'll jump in. We'll play catch in the backyard. You know, it's very easy to see which kids practice at home with the dad or mom and which kids don't. Be the parent who practices. Be the person who does the right thing. And if they're another, lacking that part. Oh, I was just oh, sorry. it up too. You <laughs> jumped on my... I don't know <laughs> if I've ever studied the, the close-up. I was going it. to say there are situations where there might not be an extra parent at home. And sometimes those kids need another parent figure. And it's okay to jump in sometimes when it comes to the field or the court. Just to help them, you know, have some confidence. Yeah, it was like five years ago. I had a kid approach me asking if I could be his dad. I know. 
<laughs> that always spoke to my soul and I always I always fist bumped him. I always made sure I reached out to yeah, him. Yeah, but we were always really cool with them after that too. Yeah, no, it's great family. Love them. But can I close this one out now? Another episode. Good? Negative. Small? You're never going to get it. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. And hit me up if you have any questions on coaching or anything else that I have going on that you are interested in. You guys stay well. Bye. You've just finished another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Now go out and apply what you've learned. And be sure to follow Zach on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Small underscore. Also, be sure to check out Zach's work at thefamilyalpha.com and his private men's community, thefraternityofexcellence.com.